Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, there's something in the water, and it wants your youth. We talk coming of age with graphic novelist Ira Marks. Plus, Fizz is let down by gifts. Woo! Woo! Wait, are we still wooing? Yes! That seems like an existential question, doesn't it? <laughs> At any rate, I'm checking in to say hello. This isn't so much a genius for me. It's not really a genius at all. But I just wanted to say thank you. I know that your kids are sometimes bit players in this podcast, but Raiden's willingness to be honest about what they're going through and for you to be honest about your reactions to it and everything, this is going to sound maybe a little bit ridiculous. I'm a nearly 40-year-old person, but listening to all of that over the course of the last couple of months has made me realize that I am non-binary and that I can pick whatever the fuck name I want and it is not ridiculous and it is not a phase and really it's pretty fucking fabulous <laughs> and that is because of you guys so I just wanted to say thank you and you're awesome and I hope y'all are, are having a really great day. Bye. You're awesome. That's who's awesome. You are. Uh, I gotta tell you, I played this for Raiden. So I, I want to say thank you for calling because it allowed a additional voice to remind Raiden that no matter how young the voice, how old the voice, how crowded the voice, just one voice, that it can make a huge impact. And I think that actually finally sunk in a little bit. So I appreciate you calling. And here's the thing. I think you're doing such a great job. Also, even if this was like a weird thing where it was just about names, <laughs> you can change your fucking name to whatever you want to you, a fucking almost 40-year-old woman. Of course you could change your name. Of course it's not silly. Anybody who says it's silly just it possibly isn't aware of their own internal fear of change and being who they want to be. You know, I think it's a little like parenting. No one really cares specifically about your choice. When they're out there yelling and screaming, I think they're just like, ah, we're angry, we're gonna focus on something. Change your name, darling. Change your name. And if you want to change it back, guess what? You can. Because it's not a phase. It's your fucking choice. Okay, and we support you a hundred percent. So welcome, welcome to the party. All are welcome here. You are doing an amazing job. Thank yous. It's time to say thank you, and man, do I need to say thank you to all of you for showing up and doing it. I'm going to give a special thank you shout out to all of those, especially in the medical profession, 
when you are learning that a patient is exploring their gender and identity or making changes to it, making an effort to use the pronouns they want. This has been happening for Raiden, and it's such a, I mean, to me, it's a small thing. I know it's a very big thing for Raiden, but I've noticed it when we were at an appointment the other day, and it, I just, thank you. Thank you for doing that. If it's something that you're able to do, do it. It's not a big deal. And it means so much to the person who wants to be identified the way they want to be identified. Also, thank you, medical professionals, because it sucks out there. Uh, People are not getting vaccinated, and even people who are vaccinated are still getting sick, okay? And, like, it's it's just not going away, and I just know that you are swamped and drowning, and you haven't had much of a rest, and I see you, and I appreciate you, and that is every single person, regardless of what your job is in the medical field. Thank you, school bus drivers. Thank you, teachers. Thank you, school administrators, school nurses, and especially school counselors. I see you. This is a horrible situation to have to navigate, and just so much added pressure, and people are angry and upset and full of grief right now and full of frustration, and any one of us out in the world could be on the receiving end of that. And I just want to say, let's be gentle to those people. And I'm sorry if if it ever winds up being you as a teacher or as a doctor or as somebody who's working in any industry that comes in contact with the public. (laughs) Thank you to all people who come in contact with the public. I appreciate you a lot. Everybody, you're doing a wonderful job. Thank you out there. Now, Here's a fun fact. I was texting with Teresa and I haven't had a chance to talk a lot. We've both been doing our own shared version of drowning. And yet I'm constantly thinking of Teresa. So I had reached out to Teresa the other night and said something profound about parenting and feeling like a prisoner. And... (laughs) And Teresa responded back that they felt the same way. And then I tried to find, you know, like when you're texting on your phone, you can go down and add a GIF, a G-I-F. You can add one of those hip things, like Wonder Woman, like, I don't know, twirling. Gabe knows what I'm talking about because we, he's young and we share the GIFs. Anyway, I went, (laughs) I texted in sad mom, thinking I would get you know, exhausted mom, sad mom. When I searched for sad mom, do you know what came up? It came up image after image of mothers crying that their child had gone to college or that their child was getting married. Whatever version of leaving the nest, that is where the moms were crying. And I said that to Teresa. I said, I'm so pissed. I can't find just us mom having a breakdown. And when I described it, she said, That really makes me fucking angry. (laughs) So let's get on that. I got kids having tantrums all the time on gifts. I got, I mean, the best we could do was find like Lucy from I Love Lucy throwing papers up in the air. Let's work on that internet because if there's one thing sad moms need is a way to commemorate that sadness. And as one of the other or many epic moments that we have. 
which I think ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today with our guest, Ira Marks, about epic moments and coming of age. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, we are talking to Ira Marks. His love for ancient magic and possible futures has led him to create a warehouse of esoteric objects for the Hugo Award-winning magazine Weird Tales and to tell stories about villainous technology for the European Research Council. Shark Summer is his debut graphic novel, and I am trying desperately hard not to insert the Jaws theme yet. Welcome, Ira. Well, thank you, Biz. (laughs) (laughs) I... I'm very excited about this graphic novel. We're a big graphic novel house. Hell yeah. But before we get into it, mm-hmm. please tell us who lives in your house. Okay. We'll start with the plants. Do sure. you want by name? I would like or? to spend the next 22 hours talking about it. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, in my studio, I've got some hanging plants and I've got Great. a nice little cactus. Nice. But back home, it's just a, a broader array. Okay. There's all kinds of stuff going Fair on. Fair enough. And now we have... Uh, two cats in our household, these sisters of cats we used to own previously. So this is like a 20-year legacy of like wow. cat heritage. Wow. Um, so it's pretty That's, impressive. Yeah. Right. And then we have a, a newer resident, our dog, Dottie, or oh. Dorothy, if sure. you would. And uh, she's a rescue from about four or five years ago. Nice. And then also my partner, Mora. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. You know. Right. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we're all crammed in uh, to, you know, 1,600 square yeah. feet of brick in upstate New York. There. What? 16? <laughs> That's luxury. What are you talking about? It is. I know. It is pretty nice. <laughs> the cats. Yeah. I need their names. Just. Oh, sorry. Jeez, I just blew right I past I know. That. You blew so this. So stupid. Ah. Um, well, we have Garvey named after a local car dealership. And then we have Resty, who loves to rest. Oh. Very impressive. <laughs> Thanks. Very. Yeah, Really, this may not be our best cat names. I've got to be honest with you, Ira. We've had some names come through, and i got to say, Resty, by the end of this interview, it might have grown on me. Well, you know what? We we also (laughs) took that band name, and then we named our band after Mm. that cat, which is even, we just doubled down on it. It was You doubled down on on Resty. I mean, could you even, can you even spell Resty? I'm trying to think, (laughs) you spell, is it it with a W? Or the, is it French or Greek origins? Which one? I don't, I don't even know. No. <laughs> All right. Yep. Let's start off here with Shark Summer. First okay. graphic novel. But not yeah. the first things you've been doing. So actually, I'm not going to go there first. I'm going to go mm-hmm. into this whole idea of like magical worlds. And we, I live in a house of constant new mythologies like we Mm. we got two kids there have been toothbrushing stories that started with each child (laughs) that have gone on years now that are epic they're great right and then anytime one of them gets into something new be it like legos or ninjago or star wars we then go through the entire deep dive oh yeah 
into the mythology, into these worlds. And my partner, Stefan, is just by nature somebody who goes very deep mm-hmm. into things. So I guess I'm happy to see that that love of mythology leads to something fun. But I guess I want to just start <laughs> with, talk to me about your history with this, with this sort of viewing like, of the world and, and all of that. Okay, so sort of like my, my storytelling roots or something yeah. like that, right? Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, like any good kid, our, uh, my parents read to me a lot as a kid. And my dad's best friend worked for a library, but he wasn't like a librarian. Oh. He worked for like a library union. But he so it was kind of like a strange abstract. I couldn't understand it when I was a kid, but I knew he was re- connected to libraries. And a couple times a year, he would just send me a big stack of books, which uh, I think really led me into a, a life of just curiosity about whatever. Like yeah. I'll I'll just I would rather be on Wikipedia than Twitter is like what I'll say. I just want to like <laughs> click links and get deeper into yeah. ideas. And I think a lot of that came from just this random assortment of books I would get every month. Yeah. A lot of that stuff was fantasy. And some of it was like kind of nonfiction. I, re- I remember reading about like, uh, you know, prehistoric cave art. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, like, and it all kind of blent together. Like I was yeah. also reading like Anne McCaffrey's Dragon, Riders of Pern. So in my mind, like the real world and the fantasy world <laughs> just sort of like one <laughs> magical place. Yeah. Well, see, but that's actually, I actually love that sentiment that yeah. the real world is a magical place because it really kind of fucking is if you mm-hmm. are putting those lenses on, right? Like yeah. I, they're constantly with the kids. I'm like, look at that snail. Look at how that's doing that. <laughs> What is right. even happening? Right? Like, so I, I I love it. And then this this led to art for you, for storytelling, for... Yeah. I, I would say, you know, everybody, like, when, when you're a kid that draws, like, yeah. if, en- if any of you out there were kids that draw or are kids that draw, it's like, <laughs> you kind of get put in a category of, like, a creative type. Sure. But, um... I, I mean, I love to write as much as I love to draw, but drawing was easier for people to like understand. So I, I would draw, but I loved storytelling. And then you put that formula together, you get comic books, right? So like words oh, yeah. and pictures together. So I, I think I, I have a life of always making comics, but I do wish I studied art a little more. Um, <laughs> like I maybe should have gone to school for fine art or, you know, learned some anatomy. Instead, I went for like graphic design. Yeah, right. <laughs> I wish I was more of an artist is what I'm trying to say. Got it. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, there's never an opportunity to pick that back up. Just so you know, you've lost it. You can never go back, (laughs) pick up any online classes. Sorry. No, that doesn't exist. There's no resources You're just going to have to set that bar low for yourself and live there. That's fine. I know. It's a a nightmare. (laughs) All right. Mm -hmm. Shark Summer. I got to tell you, one of my all-time top five, it's Jaws. And a great film. There's no question that your book may have something to do indirectly with that movie. Ah. Yeah, j- indirectly. AKA, <laughs> this is all set in the summer that they're shooting Jaws. <laughs> there. Yes, it's behind, yes. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. behind the scenes, right? <laughs> if, yeah, for those that haven't seen the book, right? It's like, yeah. it's not set in the movie Jaws. It's set the summer before when Spielberg or... You know, we can say, I mean, I don't have any cough. Right. <laughs> it's about Jaws. <laughs> okay, it's about Jaws. 
Everybody, yeah. it's about John. Just deal with it. Deal, that's what it's about. Were you prepared for that at all when you started, like, when your public, was your publicist like, just so you know, this is going to get asked a lot. Or were you like, did you think you could sneak around the, the John Cyan? Yeah, just annoyingly just, sort of just reroute the, yeah. No, I mean, we, we just have to talk about it. I think it's good publicity for them. I mean, that movie has to get out there a little bit. Yeah, that more, movie you know? really needs to get, but it has not, in fact, just so, just so you know the weirdoness that is this house. We've decided that this year's Halloween theme in the front yard mm-hmm. is going to be it's going to be a shark attack. And we're going to make yeah. the giant billboard mm-hmm. yes. from Amity Island. Yeah. And I was like, look at the Buster Browns. And it got there and the shark's been defaced. <laughs> yeah. But it's going to be that there's a candy shark that's been spotted. And then uh, I'm going to okay. be like, I don't know, maybe I'll be a Dreyfus. Maybe I'll be, I don't know. But then... <laughs> Stefan is going to run out <laughs> as a giant shark with a t-shirt on that says candy. So okay, we like I it to it. be both scary and fun. Well, that's the great thing about that movie, right? Yes. It's like so fun and scary at the same time. Well, it is. And it's, okay, the book <laughs> is about okay. these these four kids and sort of their, you say it. You say it okay. before I mess it up because then yeah. I'm going to tie it in. Good, yeah, yeah. Let's get this out of the way before we just Please. lose c- complete God. control. <laughs> okay, so Shark Summer is about um, four kids on the island of Martha's Vineyard in 1974, and our lead protagonist is this girl, Gail, who is an athlete, but she's kind of a disgraced athlete. She's broken her arm. She's let down her team. She's kind of <laughs> left adrift for the summer. She let them down by breaking her arm. What she a just monster. really blew it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> guys. It's a little deeper than that. Okay, go ahead. There's more. To it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, a little more. So Gail thinks her summer is just gonna. She thinks she's gonna be helping her mom start her new business. They're trying to open an ice cream shop on the vineyard. It's the '70s. These are things people might have been doing then. Sure. I don't know. I wasn't there. But enter a uh, Hollywood film crew, which has come to the island to shoot a very authentic, soon-to-be blockbuster Hollywood movie. Now, yeah. like this sort of like. It, it clashes with Gail Summer a little bit, but actually leads her to the idea to enter a film contest that's being put on by the studio. So she te- she gets a ragtag group of friends together and they start to make a documentary. So you kind of start in the world of Jaws, but it kind of turns a bit into a Blair Witch Project. Nice. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. But, I don't want to spoil way, it for anybody. By the but. way, I remember going to see Blair Witch and thinking. Oh, Yeah. Just like Jaws made me never want to go into the water again, mm-hmm. Blair Witch made me never want to go camping again. Like, it, yes. I mean, they both had that similar effect. Okay, so we've got youngish kids. I would say they are pre-tweeny and tweeny. They are, yeah, what are we, we're like talking 10? Yeah, yeah 12-ish. Yeah. The perfect time to get mm-hmm. into an adventure and solve a crime or Agreed. anything like that. And... I love it for many reasons. I really like the idea of this taking place while they're trying to film and get ready to film this movie because that's Mm -hmm. got so many. It's a great and interesting setting to be in because that movie was kind of a disaster in terms of production, right? Mm -hmm. So I love the notion of these kids running around throughout this experience 
there is definitely a like feeling of big summer, right? Yeah. Like, and I, I want to talk about big summer some, mm-hmm. especially because I currently fucking hate summer because I have kids. I don't get to, it's not as fun on the other side. No one's paying attention to your lead's mom trying to set up the ice cream shop. Nobody cares. There's no goonies for moms. Anyway, but <laughs> I also can't just dump my kids out in the woods right now because the woods are full of COVID. That's how that works, right? Anyway, everybody understands what I'm saying. (laughs) So talk to me about Iconic Summers. And I think Iconic Summers almost become a character in their own right. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about that idea. Yeah. So, you know, like I think when you're pitching a book and in this just to give a little background there, this was just a simple idea I had. This wasn't like a book I had drafted up or had waiting around. This was like, hey, you got an idea? And I was like, yes. what about a story, The Summer of Jaws? And that was kind <laughs> of it. So and they're great. like, oh, hell yeah. That's a great pitch line. Right. I love that. Because the, the Jaws thing, obviously. But that, of course, there's nostalgia connected with summer. And I think a lot of that is a summer is such a fleeting thing. You know, like it's so summer is such an iconic idea in different parts of the world. Like, you know, you have an East Coast summer like here in America and a West Coast summer. You could have a Midwest summer, I guess. I I don't know what that looks like. I feel like you have to have a beach involved, but you could have you could have a lake. You could have a lake. You could have a lake. It's also hot and there's bugs. Right. Yeah, there's exactly. And the book has those things. It's it (laughs) looks hot. I think it has bugs and it has horizons that you look out over. And I think all that stuff, I just, um, I think even when you're a kid, you get a little sentimental for that stuff because like your friend groups change over the years. And I just wanted to, not that I wanted to relive that stuff. Like I don't really want to relive my past in any way. I'm not like that type of person, but I did want to kind of create a space to, for kids to maybe be able to talk about that. Like I always think when I'm making a story, I want to like, you know, start a conversation that goes beyond the book. Yeah. And I, I wanted this book to be a, a little bit about important summers and how you can never really get back there. That's a, it's a horrible lesson. I hate that lesson. <laughs> oh. I've been desperately trying to get that. I mean, like, but that that is correct. <laughs> I think also ties in with this idea of like coming of age, which yeah. I think also plays into this book. And I... This is a random question for you to think about and answer. Do you think that that the coming of age summer that year is intrinsically tied to the last of the iconic summers? Like, do those always go hand in hand or do they hand happen separately? Because I'm just thinking about that as I think about the cruel awakening of adulthood. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Because iconic summers aren't like, I'm not having an iconic summer at 47. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I should, but I'm not. I know. And well, I hope you have one. I hope you have I one just, sooner don't, than I'll have an iconic su- I've had iconic summers. I believe it. I've had very iconic summers. I believe, yeah. Oh, believe you, you. You, should, you, you better <laughs> believe it. I've got t-shirts. Anyway, I was cool once. Anyway, but they, sure. yeah, sure, why not? But it's definitely, when we think iconic summers, we think youth we don't mm-hmm. think already of age yeah you know? mm-hmm. so yeah uh, now i'd leave it to you to answer this question 
Okay, here, I'll tie it to, um, maybe it's not so much age, but I think it's about moments of realization mm. that make an iconic summer. So like, as you get over older, you have less of those like moments of awakening about yourself or about the world because you've seen some shit or whatever, right? <laughs> it's gone down. But, yeah, yeah. So like things just sort of wash over you a little easier. So, you know, I wanted to make this book about like the realization of how things we stories we tell impact other people around us. And of course, Mm. I don't want to spoil anything from the book or even get too serious if we don't want to. No, you can. You know, the book is like kind (laughs) of about Gail and like her her pursuit of trying to do something good and what's affected along the way. Like, Um, you know, like she kind of affects her, um, another person in her life that maybe isn't a crucial person at that point. But later on, she realizes like, oh, I thought I was just doing an all 100% right thing, but it's always more complicated than that. And so, you know, that can be an iconic summer. It's like the time you realized, oh, maybe my best friend isn't like my lifelong best friend because our personalities just are starting to reveal themselves in a way where, oh, it's just not always going to be this simple. So yeah. it, it, there, there's, I wanted it to have a flavor of that. Not, not that the book's that melancholy. I think it's more Goonies, like you were saying, kind of yeah. action-y. But there is that, like, below the surface. That, well, but that's good to know. have because that yeah. is happening below the surface right. all the time. I've got a tween in this house. And yeah. it's constantly above the surface, below the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the things that suddenly are being questioned. And what are these relationships like? What do I want from a friend? Mm-hmm. How do I want to be a friend? How do my actions affect others? Which is a really difficult thing to yeah. learn when your brain is developmentally wired to be totally selfish. Yes. And I say that in all honesty, not like in a dismissive way. They right. just, it's still, ah, I'm the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what makes it an interesting setting is that if you don't know it, it, about Jaws, if you've never seen Jaws, fair enough. Yeah. Go watch it. Just watch uh, it. Just watch it. It's okay. Come on. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> just watch it. It starts off as like uh, horror, then turns into suspense. Anyway, mm-hmm. even if you don't know it, you're right. The setting is still the summer. There's this disruption. There is this coming of age. But I think knowing Jaws, it's such like an interesting mirror to have happening Mm. of this is what's going on with the kids, but I know that this is what's also happening here in the movie and how do they relate? Do they not relate? (laughs) You know, it's it's got this layer of complication is not the right word. Something Mm. that it's more of something that makes you have to think on a few levels Rather than just uh, one, which is, which is fun. If you're in the mood for that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. What did you you find as the first, as this being your first whole graphic, you know, novel Mm -hmm. like this, what did you find to be uh, difficult? Uh, Well, it, 
you know, I, I've been doing like things like this my whole yeah. life. I, I've never actually been given, uh, I've self-published a lot. So I've been able to yeah. tell my own stories, but I've also done a lot of educational comics yeah. and stuff too. But this was my first time where I was kind of like given a budget in like a bigger <laughs> outlet and kind of set free. Yeah. And so it's one of those projects where you try to cram a lot of your ideas in that you never got to use before. You know, you know how that goes. Oh yeah, maybe yeah. yeah. I understand. So, so, so like editing. Right. So that exactly. So like, I mean, God bless my editor. She really helped me like find a focus, Andrea. Shout out to you if you're listening. I bet she's going to listen. She's going to listen. She should listen. Um, Andrea, you're doing a great job. Okay. She is, actually. I know. I know. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I believe I mean, it. there's even kind of a, there's like, even part of the book is about the editing process of a movie and how <laughs> that's movie. like the secret formula. Like there's a panel <laughs> right for that. But um, I mean, that was a big part, trying to rein it in and um, fit it just boringly into 304 pages. Because it was like, here's how long your book's going to be. Here's yeah. the budget. It fit all your story in here. So I, I think it, it's part of that. Like, how do I fit the arc in this way? Um, unlike a podcast, which can just fucking go on forever. Oh, and we do. Like, you know. people, love, <laughs> people love listening to long ass podcasts. Hell yeah. I know. <laughs> um, but, you know, a book has to like squeeze in yeah. a, a formula. So I, I think kind of trying to rein in my enthusiasm and not overwhelm. Because like you're, you've been kind of hinting at how the book has like these kind of meta layers if you want to go there. That's, you know, that's because I'm like, man, I, I have like things I want to say about yeah, this movie. Yeah. And you just squeeze it all in there. So that was the real challenge. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, what you did, know? let's, obviously uh, the creation process, not the challenge, but okay. <laughs> the writing it in the challenge, but I will, let's end on this actually. Let's end on, Okay. I think given what I know so far of you and uh, what you wanted for this book and this book. Did anything come up for you? Did you find yourself like thinking, like, especially when it comes to uh, this, like it's this one summer, it's this, those moments where we wake up and mm -hmm. we realize it's not all about us or whatever. Yeah. Did the writing process or the illustration process, I would imagine that illustrating it brings up a totally different set totally. of mm -hmm. feelings. So did you have that experience with this? Yeah, I mean, I think what I wanted to find in there, which is harder, this is a middle grade. I don't know if we said yeah. that earlier. This is like a middle grade graphic novel. So that's like a very specific audience and something that you're not allowed to dig into as much because of like what the market like asks for, especially if you're like an unknown like me, is you can't really jump to adult point of views. And like mm. e even you, like earlier in this conversation, you're like the uh, like the parent adventure. Yeah. Where's that story? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I wanted to fit in here and I kind of did in a roundabout way was like the story of the mom. And there's actually like, I know her whole story and there's yeah. scenes we don't see, but I wanted to like show Gail was really trying to like do it for her mom. Yeah. Even though that's kind of unspoken. If you look at the pictures, yeah, you can see panels where she's just looking at her mom and you see her mom just fixing her hair. And cause that's like, that's part of childhood summer yeah. too, is just looking at adults and like wondering what they what their life was before you knew that, well, you know? Yeah, or just even that brief, well, that's very generous to think that's what anybody <laughs> is thinking of at the age of 12. But I do think there's that occasional moment of, oh, you're yeah. a person. Yeah, That's exactly. all I need to know. That's all I need to know. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, right. Yeah, but go continue. Well, no, I mean, you're right. Yeah. And I, I, I guess maybe I'm like 
pointing, I'm trying to say I was like a more, a wiser 12 year old. You're right. I probably just flashed through my mind, but looking back, I, yeah. I, you know, you have these photographs of like adulthood. And I think that's why I wanted to pair this kid story with Jaws. Cause like kids, some of them have seen Jaws. Some of them yeah. know the memes. Some of them know the song. Some of them have just heard it described on a school bus or whatever. Like yeah. not everybody's seen it, but everybody kind of knows what it is in a way. And it's tied with a certain era and like, you know, so I, I think that kind of idea of like growing up and encountering like a more adult thing is what I, I wanted that story to be about. And, you know, I guess like you're asking, that was like the challenge is how do I kind of introduce this scary element of like a horror movie, but also adulthood, like coming at right. you. <laughs> you know, well, well, that's, I literally titled the show, There's Something in the Water and It Wants Perfect. Your Youth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's taking that. Yeah, it's eating it. It's eating it! Oh my God! All right. Ira, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. As I always say, everybody, you know where to get books, but we will link you up to make life easier for you. Please. So all you do is click, as well as, Ira, your website with all of your other work. You also yeah. teach classes. Am I correct in this? Yeah. If you think I'm interesting enough to want to learn from you, I have classes on the learning platform Skillshare. There's like 25 hours, 16 classes of content on like drawing Tolkien maps or like cartooning faces or drawing comic books or whatever. That's awesome. Maps, Tolkien maps. I I might have a tween that might be into that. They're currently running around in capes in the backyard. Cloaks. More cloaks than capes. Cloaks, yeah. More cloaks. Anyway, (laughs) that said, we will link everybody up to where they can find out more about that. And just for fun, we'll link you up to where you can see the movie Jaws. (laughs) Yes, please. Please watch it. This movie needs to be seen. To be seen. seen. That's right. The whole point of this interview was really just about that. Ira, thank you so much. And best of luck with this uh, new book. And I look forward to seeing more work out out of you. That's a weird way to say it, but you're I'm welcome. I'm going to leave you hanging there. Yeah. No, I, I just <laughs> left myself out. That's fine. Anyway, thank you. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time. Genius me. Me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. <laughs> okay. I am actually pretty excited. I remembered to drop off the vaccination, like, forms that have to get filled out to get back into school. If you have listened to the show over the years, you know that I have failed at this. I fail at a lot of paperwork. In fact, I, I know from the hotline that many of us fail from this. But I went to the doctor's offices and dropped them off. Boom! Hi, Biz and Teresa. This is a genius, which I feel like I haven't had many in a while. So I'm pretty proud of it. Went 
to the Children's Museum with my five-year-old and one-and-a-half-year-old and just been coming home from a trip and had the diaper bag with me ready to go. Got there and realized that there were no diapers in the diaper bag. And so I dug a little deeper, found a pad for my period, took that out, scooped the poop out of the baby's diaper with a wipe, flushed that, put a pad in as a liner inside the old diaper, and that held us over till we got home. It was disgusting, but it worked. And I have no one else in this world that I think I could tell this to. Yeah, not fair so, enough. You're all doing a great job, and this time I did too. Thanks. This is another example of why throughout history, women have been treated as magical and mysterious. Let's don't examine them. Let's don't have clear medical information on them. They're too mysterious. We do not understand their ways. That's why they fear us. That, my friend, is like next level Genius. And I just want to applaud all the people who have called in over the years with various applications for pads, diapers, or tampons in any any one of the situations that might come to be for a baby or a grown-ass woman. I think this is genius. And you are doing a great job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail! You suck. Fail me, me. Well, I have not gone back to pick up those vaccination forms from the school. I'm pretty sure that the medical offices called several times to say they were ready to pick up. And I just haven't. I don't want to go. There's no reason for me to go except to pick up that form. And I don't want to do it because my children still are not back in school. They don't start school until September 8th. Technically, these forms were due not now, before now. And I have not done it. And I'm not sure when I'm going to do it. So, yay. Yay, Mom. <laughs> hey, Biz and Teresa. I'm calling with a fail. But it's going to sound like a genius at first. Because today was the first day of school. I'm a teacher, so I got up early, made my three-year-old a wonderful, healthy breakfast, got her out of bed on time, got her bathed and did her curls and got her first day of preschool outfit on. We actually left the house a little early, so we were right on time, getting through traffic on our commute to daycare. And what did I find out when I got to the daycare parking lot? that they were closed, and they open on Tuesday, and today ah. is Monday, my first day back at work, and what I thought was going to be my daughter's first day of preschool. So I was feeling pretty good about myself, but now this is a fail, and no. uh, not doing as great of a job as I thought I was. I took myself down a peg. <laughs> Thank you. I love the show. I got to tell you, that is a classic. Everybody here was with you and knew what was going to happen. The moment you started describing how great everything was going, getting your child ready for preschool. And that, that is a horrible realization, especially on the day that it's your, what are you going to do? 
take the baby to work? I don't know what you did. I don't know what you did. I'm sure you figured something out. But the fail is you did not make your day even slightly uh, stress-free as you returned to school. So first of all, thank you for being a teacher and going. And second of all, you're doing the horrible, horrible job scheduling things. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. If you're sick of constantly arguing with the people closest to you about topics that really aren't going to change the world, we're here to take that stress off of your shoulders. We take care of it for you on We Got This with Mark and Hal. That's right, Hal. If you have a subjective question that you want answered objectively once and for all time for all of the people of the world, questions like, who's the best Disney villain, Mac or PC, or should you put ketchup on a hot dog? That's why we're here. Yes, I get that these are the biggest questions of our time, and we're often joined by special guests like Nathan Fillion, Orlando Jones, and Paget Brewster. So let Mark and Hal take care of it for you on We Got This with Mark and Hal, weekly on Maximum Fun. Strange planets, curious technology, and a fantastic vision of the distant future. Featuring Martin Starr. So we're going on day 14. Shuttle still hasn't come. Aparna Nancherla. The security system provides you with emotional security. You do the rest. Echo Kellum. Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu. I'm staying. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGivern. Could you play Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun? It's The Outer Reach. Stories from Beyond. Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen. All right, everyone, enough of that. Settle down, settle down. Don't make me come back there. Let's quiet down and snuggle up and listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, I wondered, mother. This is a rant. I had a dentist appointment this morning for my child. She's not yet three. A few weeks ago, she busted her lip, and now her tooth is getting discolored. And in the moment, I watched these other kids walk in that were probably six and eight years old without masks. And I called them and I said, do you still require masks in your office? They said, no, but you can still wear one if you'd like. I'm like, I'm not comfortable with that. So I canceled the appointment and I left. And I was like reaching out to my friends for help. And they're like telling me, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Your kid needs to have their tooth looked at. I'm like... Thanks for the support. <laughs> Seriously, a pandemic is still happening. Why are people acting like it's not? This is um, in a medical office. <laughs> I'm so old. I'm so done with this. 
Thanks for listening. I love you guys. Bye. First of all, you're doing a really good job. You're doing a really good job. One, you've got a very little child in your house. And I am not so far removed from having a little child in my house that I have forgotten how it can leave you in a place of total exhaustion and having very little space for yourself. And when you don't have any space for yourself, when you're too full, everything's really hard. (laughs) It's like trying to eat something when you are already too full, right? Or I, I don't know, trying to just not understand why you keep filling up the glass and it all spills on the floor. It, look, this is, you're already in a place that is stressful and impossible, okay? And that's, that is not negating the joys and the absolute awesomeness that is a kid in your house, okay? Long-time listeners know you get to have both, all right? So I, what I'm saying is, It can be impossible most days, okay? And then your child has an accident. You do the right thing of making an appointment, and you get met with absolute ridiculousness, okay? And it is your right to not have to go into a medical facility that you don't feel safe in. In fact, you're doing a fucking great job making choices that keep you and your child safe. There are other pediatric dental practices out there that do value the benefits of wearing a mask. And for all of us who have kids under the age of 12, it's not like our level of anxiety about exposure to the virus has changed. The virus has not changed. If my seven-year-old gets it, it's just as scary and potentially bad as it would have been 15 months ago, right? They don't have any, like, better immunity to it. They're, ah! so you got a baby. And I just, I think you're doing a remarkable job. And, like, also part of this is, well, now you have to go find the emotional energy to reschedule this appointment. I'm very sorry about that. That's a whole other load of work. And I'm really sorry that your friends weren't able to provide the support that you needed in that moment. I really am. We have all made that mistake as the friend. And we have all been on the receiving end of that mistake. You are doing a remarkable job. You are a good parent. And you should feel good about the choices that you're making to keep you and your child safe. You're all doing a good job. You know, everybody's situation is different. Everybody is living in different communities, in different places, and being affected by the pandemic and whatever this new phase is very differently. And some people... Your kids aren't able to go to preschool yet, or they're in preschool, or they're in school school, and uh, now we're quarantined again. What? Now you get to go back. Ah, somebody tested positive. Ah, it's crazy. And I think there's an added pressure on you if you are a parent of children under 12 who can't be vaccinated. And you've got like 
part of the, I don't know, world it certainly feels like it, whether it's true or not, making you feel like, oh, what's the matter? Just relax. <laughs> Have you ever told a parent to relax about anything? I think we've proven on this show that is not wise. Okay. And I think it reminds us all that out of respect for each other, that if we see a parent and we see somebody with kids younger than 12, that it is no skin off our back to ask what we can do to make them more comfortable. Okay? It's still really hard on top of everything that's already feeling impossible. And I want you all to know that you're not alone. You are doing a remarkable job. You really are. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. No, I don't say that. I say, bye. <laughs> I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, fussing by, not throw down mama blue. Oh, said daddy, baby, fussing by, not throw down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.